I feel the need, the need for speed. For someone who has a need for speed, he certainly takes time. That's right. Nice. Man, I am dangerous. Mind if I take a shower? <laughs> Talk to me, Goose. Okay, man, let's turn it burn. Welcome to Work the Watch Podcast. I'm your host. Ed Palilla with me as always, Mike Goose, Mike Kennedy. Ed, you can be my wingman anytime. Anytime. No, man, you can be mine. <laughs> You're still dangerous, though. Uh, the... <laughs> I am still dangerous. <laughs> That's right. I am dangerous. As you can figure out, this week's episode is Top Gun, released May 16th, 1986, which seems crazy. It... We're coming up on 23 years since this movie came out. The budget of the movie only fifteen million dollars. Yeah, it, it. I said it sounds like, like fifteen million is probably an eighty-six. Actually, is probably a decent amount of budget. But I don't know. I can't remember exactly when like Terminator Two came out. But it was roughly around the same time. I feel like maybe later. Terminator Two was ninety-one. Okay, so what? This is eighty-six. So five years later. Yeah. But it had like a hundred million dollar budget, and if you like look at compared to like to how much like you know like how much how much it made. Like it, it made not that much more. Like this made more. I can't remember exactly more, more worldwide than Terminator Two did on a hundred million dollar budget. I can tell you what it made. It made a hundred and eighty six million dollars in the United States and three hundred fifty seven million dollars worldwide. Well, as I was saying, and I was like, Terminator Two made three hundred fifty million, and only and just over two hundred million. Uh, in the USA, and then, like I said, 315 worldwide. I was just like, yeah. so wow. And an interesting thing about this, during a 2014 appearance on Jimmy Kimmel Live, Jimmy asked Tom Cruise about the first time he had traveled the world promoting a movie. Cruise said that it was during the Foreign Press Junket Tour for Top Gun, which he said took four months to complete, and he'd spend weeks in every city they visited in Italy, France, and Japan. Cruise told Kimmel it was the one... He was the one that came up with the idea of premiering films in other countries, though he said, it took me a few years to get going. So now you see people go on tours all over the world promoting movies, and it turns out Tom Cruise was kind of the guy that came up with the idea. I'm sure he and his team of, of whoever was with him, his managers or whatever, but he's the kind of guy that started pushing these movies going worldwide and, and trying to get all this attention worldwide. So that's kind of an interesting thing. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't really I did realize that. that. What would you guess the Rotten Tomato critic score for this movie is, Mike? Oh, Rotten Tomato critic, uh, 60? 54%, so just a hair under being considered fresh. Uh, where would you put the audience score, though? Probably like, a, this was like pretty big, I'm going to say 85, maybe. 83, you're right, you're right on, Mike. And the IMDb score of 6.9 out of 10. So no surprises there that this one did much better with the audience than it did with the, the critics itself. Uh, and actually, there's an interesting thing. i got to go find this one. The Navy, because this movie was so popular, they saw, I think it's something like a 3,000% jump in people signing up. 
right after this movie to become fighter pilots. And in addition to that, they even, some of them put recruiters right outside the movie theaters mm-hmm. to try I, and get people on that emotional high of enjoying I, this movie. I did, I did read about that too. Actually. Yeah. I thought I'd written it down, but I, I must've, I must've put it somewhere else. I don't see it anywhere. So, so let's get into the cast. Before, before you, you do that, Ed, um, I said there just a few things with the budget talking about the movie um you know all those the scenes that were like done like you know in the air they had to pay 7800 per hour when the planes were flown outside of their duties so like i would think more like 7800 per minute 7800 per hour which is equivalent to $18,000 now <laughs> like that seems like nothing. That can't even cover the fuel. Well, I said that's probably what it's only pretty much what it's probably covering pretty much mostly fuel. I bet is what that's doing. Because when you think, I guess when you think about it, um, they probably tried to do some, like all the takeoffs and stuff like that. A lot of that's probably maybe they were trying to get that during just regular time if they could get a crew on there to, to film it. Some I, I don't know. You know, there's other times too with. Uh, they had to get a shot of they would get a perfect shot with the aircraft carrier with like the sunlight or something like that. The director asked if um, they could move the ship for so for five minutes, five minutes of time to move the ship cost twenty five thousand dollars. He'd write a twenty five thousand dollar check check for a shot. No, to move the that's why they say trying to turn an aircraft carrier. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's yeah, that, that, that sounds just about like, right. Just like talking about. 15 million when you're talking about that i know that tom cruise got paid two million for this movie so if the budget was yeah but tom cruise is probably one of the first people to write in a i get a i get a cut and i think he did on this one i think he got a cut of the profit so i think he ended up paying way more than just two million yeah but i mean i mean in, he in, know, he, he's very he's known for that in 86 he he you know was relatively this is probably his first, like one of his first like kind of like big films that he's like more no. Well, we'll get it. We'll get into his career a little later. So Tom Cruise as Maverick, as we were, we're since we're getting into Tom Cruise and himself, we'll we'll discuss his career a little later. The his uh, what is the word, Mike ROI? His 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 rear guy, Anthony Edwards, plays Goose. Anthony Edwards, most known from Revenge of the Nerds, and then he had a long run yeah. on ER. He was on that show essentially forever. That's what's mainly what everybody knows him for. Val Kilmer, probably secretly or not so secretly, probably my favorite actor of all time, plays Iceman. You do love he was in Willow. Love he was in The Saint. I love me uh, some Val Kilmer. He was in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. He was in Real Genius. Uh, the Doors. I could name about 10 other ones if, if we really wanted to, but we'll move on. Kelly McGillis played Charlie. Kelly McGillis's career kind of fell off after this movie. She was kind of a one and a bottle rocket flame out career. She didn't really have much. Tom Skerritt plays Viper, probably most notably from Alien. He's been in a kind of a lot of random things, but that's probably what he's most known for. I like from. him though. I like. He'd... Oh, I like Tom Skerritt too. He's great in this movie. Meg Ryan in her first uh, major motion picture. She later went on to become America's sweetheart, and you've got mail. Uh, Sleepless in Seattle. She also was in The Doors, played uh, Val Kilmer's love interest. Michael Ironside played Jester. 
He was in Starship Troopers, Total Recall, Major Pain, a bunch of other movies too. Uh, a lot of TV shows. He's been in a ton of TV shows. And then Tim Robbins, one of his first appearances. He later on went on to win, I think, the Oscar for Shawshank Redemption, right? Plus, he was in Bull Durham, Mystic. Well, maybe it was Mystic River. He, I think, he has an Oscar, but he became quite an a uh, prestigious actor after he's this. Pretty, I was gonna say, he's pretty hot in the late '80s, early '90s. Yeah, when Bull Durham was like his first, because he's so small in this, you don't really. You don't even really even see his face because he's you only ever see him yeah, in the back and, of the and plane. Yeah, and he's listed as one of like the top actors on here, and he's in it. Well, because beginning. he's yeah, IMDb has him there yeah. because he's um he became so popular afterwards. Yeah. I'm so, just surprised Val Kilmer is uh, not higher up on there. Like you figure he would be maybe the number two on there because you at least see him as much. He, at the time he would have been absolutely, but at this I, point, well, Tom Tim well, Robbins is more. Popular, IMDb yeah. didn't, didn't exist back then. So probably by the time IMDb was a thing, oh, I don't you know, know like by the time IMDb was a IMDb was a thing, you'd think that they tossed, you know, Malcolm had probably already done Real Genius, at least. Yeah, he'd uh, done Real Genius. He'd done Top Secret. Yeah. He'd already been around for a he while. He's probably as big as almost as big as Tom Cruise at the time. Probably pretty close. I'd say pretty close because Tom Cruise's career hadn't really taken off yet. Do you, do you have anybody else? But, no, I, that's all I had listed. I was just gonna a few things that I was reading about, like Tom Cruise. Other people that they considered for the role were Sean Penn, Patrick Swayze, Emilio Estevez, Nicolas Cage, John Cusack, Matthew Broderick, Michael J. Fox, and Tom Hanks. Some of those would have been awful. Yeah. Like Matthew Modine turned down the lead role because he ejected the film's Cold War politics. Even though he did Full Metal Jacket. <laughs> yeah, you know. Beggars can't be choosers, I guess. That was probably, be, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That was probably around the same time, too. Well, the the thing about that is, I, I think though some of those people might have been considered for it. But from what I understand, Tom Cruise was tied to this role from the very beginning. And I think it was, I think any of those people that might have been considered or even considered turned it down might have been ways for them trying to convince Tom Cruise to do it. But I think he was like the guy for the movie from the beginning. Yeah, it makes it makes sense. He's 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 perfect for the role. So, I mean, I agree with with what they did there for sure. With Val Kilmer, I know that him and Tom Cruise, they apparently you know, looks like they don't get along the whole movie on and on set. They I guess they acted that way all the time just so it looked more realistic on camera. Yeah. Like they, you know, nothing was personal. And uh, he said it was kind of fun not to like them. Both good actors. Yeah. I mean, what can you say? Apparently, Goose, who said Anthony Ed- Edwards, was the only one of the actors not to vomit when flying a fighter jet. I definitely would vomit everywhere. If you put oh, me in a fighter yeah. Jet. I can't even, like, twirl in a circle for two seconds. <laughs> and this is my favorite one, because I looked it up. Because Michael Ironside, you know, he's got that older face. He was thirty six mm-hmm. years old in this movie. He looked like he was. I think he looked fifty in the movie. <laughs> well, because I, well, I was like looking, I was like, oh man, you know, we're doing a recast to look at some other actors. I'm like, I wonder how old he was in this movie. And I was like, hell no, I'm looking for some like fifty years old. I don't care because <laughs> I was like, that is one and a half years older than you and I already. <laughs> that's not one and a half. That's like half a year. <laughs> thirty eight. We'll be thirty seven later. Thirty six. Oh, he was thirty six. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's the same age as us. 
Well, you you know what? In the in the eighties, everybody wanted to look like they were forty four years old. So, in the seven, well, let me say them differently. In the seventies, everybody wanted to look like they were forty four years old. They hadn't quite figured it out yet by the eighties. It wasn't until the nineties and the two thousands where everyone started looking young. But I mean, Michael Ironside looked fifty years old, probably from the time he was thirty till the time he was sixty. 60, yeah. He's pretty I mean, much looking the I, same I checked his birthday because he was born in 1950, and I was like, well, my dad was born in 51, and I was like, and he looks, definitely looks older now, but I bet you 10 years ago he pretty much looked the most. Well, think um, he looks exactly the same in Starship Troopers, yeah. and that's 10 years like later, I think. Six, I think it was 10 or 12 years 97, later. 97, so I think it's 11 years later, yeah. Anyways, why don't you get into the movie synopsis? All now? right. We've got the hotshot pilot named Maverick and his RIO, or the rear guy, Goose are sent to the Top Gun training school. It's a five-week workshop where pilots learn how to really kick ass in the old-school dogfighting type way. All right, Here, Matt, Maverick has to deal with competition from fellow pilots and conquer his own demons while still finding time to romance his, the civilian instructor, Charlie. During the Top Gun training, Maverick's RAO and best friend Goose is killed when he's ejected directly into the canopy of the aircraft. Disheartened and ready to quit, Viper motivates Maverick by telling him a true story about how his father died a hero. Maverick sticks with it and graduates with Iceman and Slider winning the Top Gun trophy. Maverick is called out to the Indian Ocean where where an anti-aircraft carrier has drifted into enemy waters and is disabled. Enemy aircraft comes in to attack. Iceman Iceman and Slider and Hollywood and Wolfman are sent in. Hollywood is shot down but survives, and Maverick is called in for backup. He flies through another plane's jet wash, similar to the scenario where Goose died, and Maverick pulls out of the fl- out of the fight. After holding on to Goose's dog tags and asking for help, talk to me, Goose, talk to me, Goose, Maverick goes back into the fight, shooting down three aircraft along with Iceman's one, with along with Iceman's one kill, saving the day and getting the girl at the end again. <laughs> All right. And before we move on, uh, a quick word from our sponsors. One thing I want to say before we get into the, our best here, there's an opening text that pops up. It says, on March 3rd, 1969, the United States Navy established an elite school for the top 1% of its pilots. Its purpose was to teach the lost art of aerial combat and to ensure that a handful of men who graduated were the best fighter pilots in the world. They succeeded. Today, the Navy calls it Fighter Weapons School. The Flyers call it Top Gun. So there actually is a real one, and it is, uh, it's in San Diego, I believe, correct? Uh, I think that's where this one was, yeah. Yeah, I think that's where the, the fighter school is. I think it's, it's in probably Fort Pendleton, I think that's the one outside of San Diego. Someone send that to us. Make sure we, we have that right. This, send, I, hit us I, up on Twitter at Worth the Watch PC. Make sure we have that right. I, I know that the movie was based off of a magazine article. And oh, really? Okay. Article. It's kind of where they got the idea, and that's how they pitched the idea. So that was kind of cool. That that's probably how they got a lot of their stuff. So let's get into the, the, our, our favorites here. So let's start with your best scene or scenes. You know, I got a few. I definitely like the kind of like the, not the very, very beginning, but like the very first where they're 
scene where they're uh, where he's with the cougar guy. Yeah, cougar and Mer- cougar and Merlin are yes. in the one ship, and then you have Goose and Maverick in the other, and they encounter some MIGs. The one guy they scare the one Maverick scares the one off, and then Cougar has like the sights in on him and everything like that, and Maverick scares him away, but he's so shooken up and everything like that. But I really like you know obviously like the part where. Maverick flies upside down above the other MIG looking so they can like they can pretty much see each other by like the other MIG's looking up, he's looking down and they take the Polaroid photo of them like pretty much flipping him the bird. I just love that scene. That's like what I think about all the time. Really remind that's I don't know if there's an iconic scene from this movie in particular, but that one's probably pretty close. Um <laughs> I'm gonna tell you the iconic scene right now. It's the volleyball scene. I was actually, I, I got a lot to say about the volleyball scene a later, and that's actually of, what I thought of when I started to say that. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of carnival wax on people. Criticism <laughs> in this movie as well. You see, you see a lot of guys in underwear, towel, <laughs> shirt. They're always sweating. Always sweating. I don't know why, but they're always sweating. They're got, either sweating, they're wet, or they're shirtless, or they're all of them together. I don't know. <laughs> can think. Things I wrote down about that. So let, I'm going to add the beach volleyball scene to my favorite scenes. And let's just get into it. Uh, there's a lot of flexing and checking the time. Oh, yeah. Why are their hands prepared for volleyball, but they're completely unprepared from the waist down? It's like they're wearing jeans. <laughs> Maverick's wearing jeans. Slider's wearing sweatpants. Goose is in a Hawaiian shirt with no sleeves. And I forget what Iceman's in. But they all have their hands wrapped, like that's really required for playing volleyball. Yeah, they don't um, want to. They don't want to mess their hands up. I don't know for maybe they're flying. I don't know. Maybe they're. I, I don't I know. I'm just really coming up with that right now. That you said. <laughs> I did see this stuff on their hands, and I just did, and I was like, I wonder what that is. But I was like, uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe. So also, <laughs> I read this in the internet facts that during the volleyball scene, there are no women present at the game, only men. Hell no. It's like he was trying to shoot a little like softcore porn scene right here. Yeah. Uh, after the volleyball scene, when they go walking away, they scream at him, Mother Goose, you pussy. But since, since you brought it up, because I'm going to get into one of my other favorite scenes, which is the first scene in the locker room between Maverick and Goose, where he calls him dangerous. You mean Maverick and Iceman, right? I'm sorry, Maverick and Iceman. That's right. Iceman. I am dangerous there's a lot of a lot of time in the towels and those towels are about 15 percent too small oh yeah they're like, like the one they're, they're like they're the like, one that you put on the floor in a in a hotel room i was gonna say that or like the, the one <laughs> when i used to go to the one like sport and health by me their towels would always where it's like they barely like you know you could barely wrap them around it just enough to kind of tuck it in you could like see half your legs yes <laughs> yeah that's what they all look like <laughs> Yeah, exactly what I was thinking. And a lot of unnecessary tidy whitey shots in this as well, as you said. Oh, oh yeah. But they're like they're, grandma whitey tighties. They're like big. They cover the whole ass. Oh, yeah. But there, there's a significant – I know boxer briefs weren't around yet, so I guess that's all you really had. But when they're in the towels, there's a lot of one leg up on the bench too. Yeah. <laughs> like leaning into each other. A lot of homoeroticism in this movie. A whole lot of it. So th- those are those are some of my favorite scenes because even though the volleyball scene is super homoerotic, it's almost so absurd it's hilarious. Well, I mean, I'm just thinking of movies and no, not movies, but like TV shows that have like 
mimicked this. Like I was just watching a, uh, an episode of Always Sunny, and they literally do this exact same thing. Oh, they're... Um, this movie exactly. has been so openly mocked. I mean, obviously, uh, Hot Shots came out like five years after this. Yeah, Hot Shots. And was, Hot was Shots just Shots. all over this. Uh, Team America World Police poked at this a little bit. There's been numerous, numerous things. Even in Always Sunny, when they do the Dennis method and he beds her, they even play like the first four beats yep. of Take My Breath Away by Berlin, which for the record, the first time I saw that, I, I had to pause it. I was laughing so hard. It was so funny. Anyways, so uh, any other scenes? I'm sorry, I kind of jumped in there, but you, uh, you, no, no, we got no. going. We, we needed, we need, it needed to be talked about. It needed to be addressed. <laughs> it needed to be addressed um, right away. I just wanted to, I, t- I tossed this scene in because it just reminds me of the fraternity, and that's you know the bar you've lost that love and feeling where yes. you know you have the sweetheart, and we would always get down on a knee and. You lost that love and feeling. And uh, I can tell you, you were not there, and I'll leave the name absent. I'll tell you later. But one of our fraternity brothers, when he got married, there must have been 15 to 20 of us. They got married separately and then had the reception like four or five months later. And we all sang to her at the reception. It was like a really small reception, so we were able to obviously do it. But, yeah, that's been a, a long-running thing in our fraternity for quite some time now. Yeah. And then I just had to toss in, you know, the ending dogfight scene. I just, like, one of my favorite lines in there, too, like, when in that scene when they're – I just love – I love – before the line, it's just when they show the bad guys, got to have the dark fi- visor so we know they're bad. You know? Always. Always. Got to have the dark visor. Can't see their face. You know, when he's when he's telling them, like, I'm bringing him in closer, bro, and he's like, you're going to do what? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> He's like, I'm going to break, and they're, they're just going to fly right by us. Don't worry about it. Buddy. So I'm, I'm glad you said that. Erin uh, watched this one with me because she's seen it like a thousand times. And that was the f- one of the two lines that she pointed out to me that she laughs, that she always says is the, you're going to do what? Uh, that's all I got. You got anything else? That- uh, no, not from the scenes. I, I got lots of lines, though. Uh, go ahead, then. I'll let you go first with that one. Okay, so my first one is when they get told they're going to go to Top Gun and their boss, Stinger, who is in another movie we're going to be doing later this year, says to him, You screw up just this much. You'll be flying a cargo plane full of rubber dog shit out of Hong Kong. And I love the way he yells it at him because it's such a random thing to say. (laughs) Why he picked rubber dog shit, I have no idea, but it was perfect what it is yeah the next one is when they walk into the bar and goose walks up the slider and he says goose whose butt did you kiss to get in here goose replies the list is long but distinguished sliders response yeah well so is my johnson such a great fire back mm-hmm. uh one that said a lot Charlie, this is ghost rider requesting a flyby negative ghost rider the pattern is full that's another one that Aaron says to me all the time. The negative ghost rider pattern is full. Also, when they're, I miss, when they're getting yelled at. Son, your ego is writing checks your body can't cash. You've been busted. You lost your qualifications a section later three times. Put in hack twice by me with a history of high speed passes over five air control towers and one admiral's daughter. 
And they actually name it, and then they even bring her up again later in the movie. And then the other one is the guy who gets coffee spilled on him saying, damn it, that's twice, I want some butts. I know I went a little long with those, but there's just a lot of good, a lot of good ones in there. I know what you, I know what you mean. There's, there's always there's more that I wanted to do, but I had to cut it off. I actually didn't have all the ones that you have. Uh, there's a one part where Maverick's walking into the bar and he says, "I was like trying to think of what exactly what he meant when he was saying it." When I was listening to it, I kind of like thought for a second. He says, "This is what I call a target-rich environment." Yes, yes, that's a very good one. Obviously, I have the. I feel the need. The need. Probably the most uh-huh. iconic line from the yeah, movie. Probably the most iconic, yeah. Um, at the end when he's saying, talk to me, Goose. And he's like, yes. holding it. I, I know we've said that. He says it, he says it at the opening, too. He actually says it, like, right in that opening scene. He says, talk to me, Goose. I, I answer the phone that way. Yeah, as I saying, I've done that, too. The whole, like, you know, you could be my wingman anytime. He's like, bullshit, you can be mine. That's such a cheesy line. It seems so forced. That one where, like, Charlie's telling him that she doesn't, like, I've fallen for you or whatever, that, like, little part, I'm just like, (laughs) like, oh, my God, that that hurt. That one's, it's very forced. (laughs) Charlie, that that was was a tough one. It'll come to me. Like I said, I had, I only had, like, four written down, but there was one more I popped when you were talking, and I just couldn't think of it. Well, while you're doing that, I found some of the stuff I'd said earlier about the recruiting that the Navy had done with this. So riding on the back of the film success, the U S Navy set up recruiting booths in the major cinemas to try and catch some of the adrenaline charged dudes leaving the screening. They had the highest application rate for years as a result. And then numerous critics complained that the movie largely amounted to a Navy recruitment film. The U S Navy stated the film's popularity resulted in a 500% increase in the number of recruits wanting to enter the aviation program. So just some actual information around what I'd said earlier. And since we're doing quotes, uh, just a fun thing to know, the real Top Gun school imposes a $5 fine to any staff member that quotes the movie. That's actually what I was trying to think of. (laughs) That's exactly what I was trying to think of. It wasn't a line. It was... uh... They they get in trouble for actually quoting it? Yep. Damn, that sucks. (laughs) Yeah. I would have it's like a it's like their own version of a swear jar, which would be filled to the brim at all times. All right, Uh, any more quotes? Then I guess we're we're good for now. No, No, all right. So favorite character or characters, Mike? Man, this was this was tough because Goose overall just kind of like rubbed me the right way. Goose is tremendous. He's my favorite in the. He has all. He has many of the best lines in the movie. Yeah, the uh, Goose is spelled with two O's. It's it's such a bummer when he gets killed because it is he is really just awesome. He's just full of the one liners. I don't you know, and you know, to tell you the truth, to really have it hit Maverick, I don't think you needed to kill him. I think you could have like had him like in a coma or something like that and that would have messed him up enough. Yeah, that could have been a way to do it. Yeah, that's and I was like you didn't really need to to have him die. I mean, you could have him die, you know, whatever, you know, he's not coming back like to in the movie anymore. Yeah, he could have been like there, but I guess they just, I, I think I have something about that. Actually, no, I'll just say that now. Um, maybe I took that out. I think it was that the Navy had really strong control over the script of this movie. I think they wanted that plane shot down originally. And the Navy nixed that. 
because they didn't want to make it seem like becoming a fighter pilot was very dangerous. So they ended up being that it went into the spin and it was kind of an accident that should have never happened in the first place. No, I understand. I'm just going to go, I'm going to go with Goose. Like I have other people written down, but I, I'm, I'm going to go with, if I'm going to do favorite character, I'll go with Goose. Um, uh, Goose for me. And then I threw Iceman in just because he's so awesome. He's just the Iceman. He's the Iceman. This week's top five. We thought about holding this for later, but I think now is a good time to talk about Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise's ridiculously extended career, which is still going mighty strong, I might say. His most recent, let's see, the most recent Mission Impossible Fallout. Let's Fallout. see how much this movie made. $791 million worldwide. So it was a $178 million budget, only made two twenty in the U.S., but he does that that, press, that uh, international press junket and made almost eight hundred, almost eh, not quite a billion dollars, but working on it. So, why don't you do your top five movies for Tom Cruise, and then we can actually uh, get into this a little bit. Like I said this was like this is a tough one for me because he does so many different types of movies, and it's like I obviously I I fluctuate towards more of like the action comedy type of movies so like i feel like i went through it but like i do like a lot of his like roles that he's you know more of a drama type role that he does as well it just like recently it's like i feel like i've seen him in just like a straight drama he's like the action guy and everything he's just like addicted to it but i have edge of tomorrow great movie for those of you who don't know it's my note is live die repeat yes which supposedly uh, i believe they're working on a sequel to that and yeah, I think it's going to be as, called Live, Die, Repeat. As as they are with Top Gun. Yes, which we'll get into later. Uh, risky Business. Uh, Underrated Don, movie. Yes. But Don Jerry Maguire, I haven't seen it for a while, but I like it. And it's like, if it's if I'm going to pick a drama one, like, I'd pick that one, or I'd pick probably, like, A Few Good Men, maybe. Or even, I, I enjoyed The Last Samurai. I'm just saying those are like those. But Jerry Maguire is the one I'm going to choose. Tropic Thunder. Was it Les Good? Tremendous in Tropic Thunder. Yeah, just he's he's not in it like a ton, but he just steals. Steals, steals the it. movie. He steals the him whole and, movie. Him and our, our Robert Downey Jr. pretty much made that. Oh, movie. there's a, Matthew McConaughey is very funny in that movie too. Oh, oh I'm saying it's. A, I think that movie's underrated to tell you the truth. I will agree to that. The first time I saw it, yeah. I, I kept. I, it took me a long time to watch it. So I was like, this movie's gonna suck. It just I had too high of expectations for it. And Ben Stiller was in his nothing I can do isn't funny mode. Uh, he'd come off like the Heartbreak Kid and I think another Fockers movie. And I'm like, I'm, I just can't go watch him do that. And as it turns out, he just played the straight man in the movie and everyone else was funny. Mm-hmm. Until he tried to play what? Simple, simple, simple Jack. Simple Jack. <laughs> we we won't go into the lines of that movie. <laughs> we won't get into the lines of that movie right now. <laughs> yeah. And then I put down Mission Impossible, the first one, I think is probably, I just like, is before he was doing too many, like sometimes his, his movies, like the last two, his last Mission Impossible fallout that he did, like I was like, I pretty much was on board the whole movie, liked it, liked it, liked it, liked it, liked it. And then at the very end, just like, he actually flew the helicopter at the end because he's just a stunt, he's his own stuntman, he like doesn't get a stunt guy, he does all of his own stunts. Yes. They're like, he's chasing Henry Cavill. And, uh, and he was in another helicopter 
and like they wrecks he wrecks the helicopter into the helicopter you know just like it's like so like far-fetched all to get this like one little piece there's a, there's a little when i say a little i mean it was extremely far-fetched but i was just like okay this whole movie i could kind of get on board with and then you're gonna do this i'm so like crazy that you nobody would have lived through it like everybody been dead so uh, I have not seen a Mission Impossible movie since Mission Impossible 2. So I cannot really say anything about them. But my five is number five, Top Gun. Number four, Jerry Maguire. Number three, I'm sorry, I guess I have six here. Number four, A Few Good Men. Number three, Edge of Tomorrow. Number two, I'm putting the first Mission Impossible. Because I agree with you on that. The first one is yeah. really, really good. And then number one, he's just so good in Tropic Thunder. He's so good. But I want to add a honorable mention to Cocktail. It is a terrible movie, but it is a perfect '80s movie. I'd like to. I'd like to add all the right moves, just because you you get some you get some Bush. You get <laughs> all the good. Not just Bush. You can see all the goods and all the right moves. It's uh. What, yeah, what? he out. I said he outdoes Wade Garrett in this one. <laughs> He it, takes it up a notch. He's he, like, oh, he wait, you're, you're going to show your bush? Well, I'm going to show you some schlong, too. So um, he had, before Top Gun, The Outsiders, Risky Business, All the Right Moves. That was 83, 83, 83. All three came out in 1983, which is pretty incredible for one year. In 1985, he made the movie Legend, which was an absolute disaster. If you've ever seen it or heard of it, it's a weird, like, sci-fi movie. The infamous Tim Curry playing the devil with the massive horns popping out of his head, that's where that came from. Uh, and then he got Top Gun. But if you were to say one character, when you, when you hear Tom Cruise, which character comes to mind the most? He has so many, but I, I, I honestly think for me it's Top Gun. It it very well could be Top Gun. It'd be Top Gun. Oh, man, that's a tough one. Like which character? When the first when you when you hear Tom Cruise was the first character that comes to mind. Maybe Jerry Maguire. That's you know I was thinking Jerry because like you know even his he's Ethan Hunt in the Mission Impossible movies. So like and I've seen them also. But, like, nobody says, like, nobody refers to other people or talks to other people about Ethan Hunt. But they'll talk, call people, like, Maverick. Like, you know. Yes. I mean, even call. the term Maverick, I mean, Maverick means kind of like a loner. But it kind of really took an, a, a life of its own, saying someone is a Maverick, meaning they kind of play by their own rules and do their own thing. I think it has a little bit of a nod to Top Gun now. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what the uh, the term Maverick means anyways. But. It kind of added that whole nother thing to it. Oh, this is what I want to ask you. I forget who which movie we were talking about, and I, I'm I'm going to try and think about it while I ask you this question. Is Tom Cruise the last movie star we have left? Like true movie star, like they're in the movie, it's going to make five hundred million dollars. I don't know. It's hard because. Robert Downey Jr. I mean, he's just get. He, I mean, you know, he he just Endgame was his last 
Yeah, which movie with I that? So I haven't curious. seen it. I haven't seen it yet. So you got to keep uh, everything quiet. For well, me. I haven't seen it either. But okay. I'm just saying, I just know that it's his last contracted movie with them, so he's not going to be Iron Man anymore. Yeah, but so, that's the thing. He was Iron Man every single time when he made a bunch of money. Like, but what I'm saying Sherlock is Sherlock Holmes now, did well, and now, I love Sherlock Holmes. But yeah, he but, did. Have you ever seen um, the Judge with uh, Robert Duvall? No, because I have. Um, that's too serious of a movie for me. It is. It's 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 it feels weird Robert Downey Jr. playing that serious and it is kind of a serious movie. It's not it's not a comedy at all, but again, he didn't carry it. It it did okay and it's actually a pretty decent movie, but it didn't make a ton of money because he's popular enough as Iron Man, but I think he's only gonna make that kind of money as Iron Man. Where Tom Cruise, whatever movie he does, is gonna get that kind of you, you you're going to get faces and seats, man. Did you see Rock of Ages? I did not see Rock of Ages. Neither did I. I don't, and I don't know how that did. I think it did very poorly. Um, so maybe maybe, maybe this is a new point. Like, he just did The Mummy. I don't know how that did, like, a couple years ago. Oh, that's right. That did terrible, didn't it? Um, and then that second Jack Reacher movie, it was not good. Mm, see... So here's the the mummy, cost 125 million to make, made 400 million worldwide. Um, American made, which I actually heard about this movie, did awful. <laughs> the movie did awful. That that movie definitely lost money. I I I um, I actually enjoyed that movie. Oh really? Yeah, oh. I actually enjoyed that one. Kind of interesting. The Jack Reacher movie made 160 million dollars worldwide. Mission Impossible that. Rogue Nation made 700 million dollars worldwide. But I just feel like he he might be the only one you can really throw out there that can truly carry a movie like that. Because the first Jack Reacher I really enjoyed, but the second one, second one's okay. The first one is pretty good. It's it's very Pittsburgh porn for those that are from the Western PA region, but. Oh, sorry. The sequel to Edge of Tomorrow is called Live, Die, Repeat, and Repeat. I don't like that name. Like, um, I'm also on his page, and it's like, we just talked about Top Gun, Live, Die, Repeat, and Repeat, then Mission Impossible 7, Mission yeah. Impossible 8. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Jesus. Okay, um, so additional thoughts on the movie, then. First thing I guess I'll just mention is... uh. This the soundtrack. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Like probably one of the, the best soundtracks ever, like for a movie. It went I know the first it uh nine times platinum and spent five consecutive weeks at number one. Wow. That's a, that's oh. amazing. That is amazing. Uh, I I something uh Aaron even pointed that out as soon as we started watching it and it starts with that the whole yeah. thing. That guitar, that guitar solo is Eddie Van Halen, nice. which is pretty cool. Um, but something I noticed, because she was saying how great the music is in this movie, they were really smart because they kept, they didn't just play the song once. They would use snippets of a song and play it in multiple places along the movie to kind of keep you, dragging you through to connect the pieces. Like when he's at... Um, Charlie's house. They're playing just the underbeat of Take My Breath Away. And then later when they finally bone, 
they play the, the, the play the song, the Eddie Van Halen riff. They play it at like two or three different places throughout the movie. It's kind of like a buildup. Mm-hmm. Um, the Highway to the Danger Zone. They play it early on, like right when the plane gets launched. But then they also play it later when he's on his motorcycle at Top Gun. Like they do a really good job of pulling those sections together and continuing to use the same music throughout the movie. Something I kind of noticed I was watching because I was trying to remember where they played certain songs. And the first one I noticed was the highway to the danger zone. The, they play it. I, I always remembered him on his motorcycle, like getting all excited at Top Gun. And I forgot they played it at the beginning of the movie too. In fact, this, the music is so iconic. There is a, a continually brought up line in the TV show, Archer, where he yells, Seriously, Lana, call Kenny Loggins because you're in the danger zone. Yeah, I think it's, um, I think Danger Zone's played like three times and Take My Breath Away is played like four times. I have it somewhere down in my notes somewhere. That feels about right. That yeah. feels about right. And You Lost at Love and Field's played like, I think two or three times too. I well, remember. definitely the big section in the front and then they play it at the end, but I wouldn't be surprised if they snuck it in one more time. I know Brian Adams was at, was offered was asked to use his song Only the Strong Survive in the film soundtrack, but refused because he felt a glorified war. And Ario Speedwagon and and Toto were offered to record Danger Zone, but the song went to Kenny Loggins. And I'm glad they went with Kenny Loggins. Yeah. Although I think both of those would have done a good job. Kenny Loggins is yeah. the man. Kenny right. Loggins did really well for himself in the 80s. Oh, God. Yeah, he had Caddyshack. I mean, geez. Yeah. I actually saw, um, if you ever get a chance, there is a documentary about the making of Caddyshack. It's really, really good. Uh, they bring back a lot of the people. It, was, it had to have been from about seven, eight years ago because Harold Ramis is in it. it it's, it's extremely well done. But one thing they do is they, they interview Kenny Loggins and he says at his concerts, they sell not just stuffed gophers to match the one from Caddyshack. Yeah, yeah. He said they sell a ton of them. I'm like, well, that makes sense. That's pretty much all I have for the soundtrack. But other thoughts, uh, I actually I like. I like this movie, but I think it's slightly overrated. Actually, I agree. Um, because I don't think it's way overrated, but I think it's just slightly overrated. Like people talk about it all the time, but when you really sit down and watch it, like it's it's like the good the good stuff's really good, but the bad stuff's really noticeable. <laughs> yeah, it's a very eighties thing. It's yeah. a very 80s movie where the, the good is really good and the bad is just awful. And I'll say I've seen this movie many a times. I have seen from when Goose dies to the end of the movie like twice. But I've seen the rest of the movie a ton of times. I think I just lose interest after Goose dies because it gets real sappy. And I get it. The guy's going through a horrible thing. His best buddy dies and he takes blame for it and and I get all that, but like the first half of the movie is just awesome and fun. And I know we, we run into that a lot in the movies we have because it's a whole bunch of fun scenes, but they have to come up with a plot. And we say this every single episode, but this is another example of it where it's like, well, what are they going to, how are we going to tie this all together? I mean, couldn't they could have just had them crash the plane and lose out and then still need to help anyways, instead of having this, drawn out 20 minutes of moping but even 30 minutes it's quite quite a lot of moping going on Mm. which i'm going to ask this question then mike before we move on to the next thing one of the most highly debated questions in movies movie history 
Is Maverick to blame for Goose's death? No. I know he's not found guilty by he's found not guilty by the no. film. Why why would he be? Because he blames himself for it because he had to ride up on but what uh, that, but what you asked me, is he to blame? And I said no, and you said, but he blames himself. He just blames himself because he was the one driving the he was the one in control of the plane when it drove through the jet wash. The jet wash is uncontrollable. It has to do with air intake, if you're wondering. Normally, slow air is going through, but whenever you flash into jet wash, you have really fast air going through. Which and that's what causes it to go. Okay. Yeah, and what causes the, the, you to stall out and you like to spin and lose control of the plane. It's extremely difficult to get out of that. So. He does even yell, watch out for the canopy when they pull the thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good enough, obviously, then. Obviously, he didn't look out. <laughs> obviously, he didn't look out because he hit his head off it. Speaking of overrated, Charlie. Like yes. I, I, why are you interested in her? Like, I think she's a good-looking lady, but I mean, she's like looks like ten years older than you, and she's pr- like kind of pretty. But like, you're like all about her from like the start. Like the way it, the way Meg Ryan's talking about you, you are just like the hound of hounds. Like, yeah, you can just pull tail left and right. Why are you so hooked up on on this? I agree. She's attractive, but you're in Southern California, man. You're a fighter pilot. There's chicks everywhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And just one, just one little thing. Just I just noticed that uh, um, I don't know who it was, but there was a stunt pilot who was actually killed during production. So like they um dedicated the film. Killed during production. Yeah. Um, Art Scholl. A uh, stunt pilot was killed during production when his plane went into a tailspin and crashed into the Pacific Ocean. Whoa! I didn't I didn't catch that part. I had a couple other things. About the flying, but I, I must have missed that one. Well, it's, I was reading something, and it said something about, like, talking... It was something about, like, the facts about the movie, and they were talking about how... They didn't say, like, a stunt guy died. They, they like, referenced it that, like, somebody, like... They did. They tried so hard to get everything real that, like, somebody even, like, lost a life. And I was, like... I was confused. I didn't know why wouldn't they just tell me who and what happened, you know? So, like, I actually started, like, looking into it and found that out. Hmm. Interesting. That's all I got. You got anything? What's your, you got any more thoughts? I just have a question. Why does he throw Goose's dog tags in the ocean at the end? You know, for the longest time, because I never, I would see the movie in like parts and not the whole way through. I like thought those were like his dad's dog tags for the Uh, longest time. Yeah, why wouldn't the dog tags go to, go to Carol, Meg Ryan? Maybe she wanted him to have them, you know, we could have been a cut scene. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know. But then, why why do you throw them away? Like, I still have my grandfather's dog tags from World War II. You don't see me chucking them any shit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I go, I don't, I don't know. Weird one. I don't get it. I I guess it's like him letting go when you're missing the air quotes. I'm doing because yeah, Tom Scarrett told him to let it go, but I think that's uh, a little bit too much. It would have been great if they had him throw it. Then, like three seconds later, he's like, "Oh shit!" and jumps off the side of the carrier but mm-hmm. I know it's a movie but I've got two there's a lot you could do in this so I went very specific do you have any more or do you want me to no, go no no, you go so you go. when they go to leave the volleyball game if you notice the sun is starting to set but when he gets to her house it's still daylight they eat dinner it's still daylight and then when he goes to leave her house the sun is setting bad continuity Poorly done. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, the elevator scene. They're in the elevator for 
That's like the longest elevator ride I've ever seen. Well, doesn't he like? It looks like he puts his hand up, like he stopped it or something like that. He, I think he tries to, but then it's still. Either way, they're in the elevator for quite a while, which I read about it. Let me just maybe elevators were slower in the eighties. You know, that's so the they did. Happened. They had to test the audience who saw the movie, and they were annoyed there was no love scene. Supposedly, test audiences are the dumbest thing possible. So, the pro- the producers obliged. And five minutes after, five months after the production wrap, they brought Tom Cruise and Kelly McGillis to Chicago to film the elevator scene and the sex scene. While they were away from the set, McGillis had lost 16 pounds and Tom Cruise was filling the color of money. So his hair was longer and her hair was a different color. So that's why she has a, cat, a hat on in that scene because they, didn't, they couldn't do anything else. It's a weird scene. It's completely unnecessary. And the sex scene is awkward. Like we, we talked about Roadhouse's awkward sex scene. This one is not nearly as bad, but it's got to be in the top 10 awkward sex scenes. Was that just how things were in the 80s, I guess? I mean, no, I know. I, I, I had written down like because they just got in that they'd gotten in that big fight and everything like that before that, like where she shows her true psycho side. When she like th- rides through traffic, you're like gets causes <laughs> a major accident, like nearly gets t-boned by two different cars, and he like flips on her, and then uh, you know it's like time to have some makeup sex after we argue a little bit, and and I was like I'd like to talk someone who talk to someone who actually has sex like this, like I've yeah, never ever they don't exist they don't exist like for someone who has a need for speed he certainly takes his time. <laughs> I feel the need the need. First yes. <laughs> Try to find a way to word that. That's how I'm going to word it. <laughs> that that is the best way to put it possible. And just like how he he doesn't get in trouble for these flybys because he keeps doing the whole time. That's another thing. That was just like I know it's a movie, but the reading off you you read off all those flybys and all those he did it like two more times on top of that. Yes. And it's like yes. I think you would get in like a lot of trouble. I was reading somewhere about that. Likely, likely, and I think people have attempted to do it since then, and you can get in some real serious shit. Because if you, if you, I mean, they're going. I think the the when the guy yells at him, he says, "One of your snot nosed jockeys did a flyby of my tower at over four hundred knots." That's really, really, really fast to be going. And if you just slightly miscalculate, you essentially take out the 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 tower. So I've got some other fun facts, uh, if you're ready to move on to that. Um, sure, yeah. So a couple things. Tom Cruise and Kelly McGillis hated each other on set. And Tom Cruise is 5'7", while Kelly McGillis is 5'10". So Tom Cruise had to wear lifts in his shoes, which is kind of like a known fact in Hollywood that Tom Cruise is short. I mean, I'm short and that's even shorter than me. And he has to wear lifts in his shoes all the time, or they have to put him on like an apple crate or something to try and make up the difference. Uh, when the guys as students were first being spoken to by Charlie in the hangar, Maverick explains he gave the bird. She asked how he was uh, up so close. And he says he was flying inverted right then. Iceman coughs bullshit. And the guys laugh. The bullshit line was ad-libbed by Val Kilmer, and everyone's reaction was actually genuine. Once again, Val Kilmer's awesome. And Val Kilmer did not want to do the movie, but was forced to by 
contractual obligations. However, it has become probably the one of, if not the most iconic role of his career. Mm -hmm. Uh, Here's an interesting one. So Charlie's older man date at the officers club, the, I lost that you lost that love and feelings scene Mm -hmm. is the real life Viper, Peter Pettigrew. He's a retired Naval pilot and top gun instructor and shot down a MIG during Vietnam war. He was a technical consultant on the film. So I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, all of Maverick's stunt flying is done by Scott Altman, who went on to become an astronaut. So that's why I was surprised when you said the one person died, because I did not read that anywhere. And the last one I have, the ship that Viper served on with Maverick's father is called the USS Oriskany. It was the first United States warship to become an artificial reef. It was sunk 24 miles south of Pensacola, Florida on May 17, 2006. Also, the USS Oriskany is the aircraft carrier that launched John McCain on his flight that ended him up in the Hanoi Hilton during the Vietnam War. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Do you have any more fun facts that I do not, Mike? Um, Tony Scott was canned multiple times for going over budget and taking like too long. And once he was once for making Kelly uh, McGillis look beautiful in a way the studio considered whorish. And I have air quotes <laughs> there for you because that's quoted right there. <laughs> we should we should also point out that I believe he's Ridley Scott's brother, Tony Scott. Ever since I said Tony Scott, I'm like, well, he's known for Gladiator, right? Like I kept saying it in my head. No, no, that's Ridley really Scott. Like, yeah, but Ridley Scott, Alien, Aliens, Gladiator, yeah, the infamous Ridley Scott. But I think I'm I'm pretty sure Tony Scott's his brother. Could totally be true. No, I'm gonna look while you're while you're doing that. Here's one for you. Um, in 1986, Ray-Ban Aviator sunglasses jumped 40 <laughs> percent after the movie premiered, which makes sense because they're all wearing aviator sunglasses the whole time. I just want to talk about at the very beginning. I'm just like shocked, like with the whole thing with Cougar. Like nothing happened to you, and then he just completely like freaks out and the pussy. Nothing's wrong with this plane. Like just freaks out. You're supposed to be like the Top Gun and that crew. You're safe. You're fine. Your plane's working. If you don't land your plane, you're gonna kill your buddy too. Yeah, makes me angry. So, Tony Scott, real quick. He is Ridley Scott's brother. He died. On August 19th, 2012, by jumping off a bridge at the port of Los Angeles. Committed suicide. Whoa. Yeah. How did Uh, did I miss that? (laughs) Yeah. I did not know that either. Supposedly, Ridley Scott said in 2014 that Tony had been fighting a lengthy battle with cancer and he kept it quiet. And uh, he decided, I think, just to take his own life. But interesting... Sad. Yeah, Very sad. Is sad. Interesting and sad. He's just kind of going to, I know it's a movie, but, but uh, when Charlie's talking about, um, when he went out, no, when Maverick's explaining to Charlie about how he did his G, 4G inverted dive, you know. Yes. Um, and she, she's talking about the capabilities of playing, how they're not capable to do that. How, how does she not know the play's capabilities? Like you're supposed to be the expert, the uh, the astrophysicist yeah, or whatever, like, yeah. And then she goes, "Oh, you're the one." And I'm like, "What's that supposed to mean?" Like, so you did know somebody did this, but it's yes. impossible 
or are you saying like you're the you're the crazy one in the group like you're the one guy that's crazy in the group uh, i don't like, know it's hard to it's hard to tell uh, either way she she doesn't sound very freaking smart to me that's my thing that's a good point that does she know or does she not know yeah um and, and i also laughed at the one the one line that uh ironside says it was jester uh, jester yes he goes <laughs> talking about them when they're doing the testing like that he's flying the mix he's like the mix we are flying are smaller faster and more maneuverable and i'm like well, why the fuck aren't you using those planes yeah <laughs> <laughs> i go why aren't you using the better planes <laughs> first thing i said in my head i was like that doesn't sound it sounds like a pretty easy fix like fly the faster planes <laughs> yeah i'm like maybe. someone that's a lot smarter than us knows why but i mean i'm, I'm, I'm sure there's sure something it's... with like the other planes can go further distances um, yeah, fuel capacity, maneuverability. Yeah, there's, there's other, there's other, like maybe it can hold more ammo and stuff like weapons. That, you know, yeah, like I'm sure there, I'm sure there's something like yeah, that. Yeah, you know, there's, there's always more to it. You know that, um, that I, I was just laughing because I was just like, we're using better planes. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> you have to try to see better planes than you. That, that's what it boils down to. And then also when that scene where he flies through Iceman's jet wash and they crash. I was researching because I heard them talking about, like, you're going below hard deck. And I was curious. I was like, well, what's all this jargon mean that they're talking about? Technical mumbo yeah. jumbo. So technically, he said the 10,000 feet hard deck, which means that's actually representing the ground. So it's for safety. So you don't go below hard deck. You're pretending. So if you go below hard, hard deck, essentially, you've flown into the ground and you've died. So pretty much. Okay. Jester flew below the hard deck in the movie, which means Maverick had yes. already won. So there's really no need for Maverick to continue in to like try to kill him. Yeah, um, that that's something that uh, this would go under that is why if Jester went below the hard deck, he was just running away. I but, think they should have gotten also, like a half a point for but that, he, right? But he, he also says something else. I can't remember exactly what it was. I, was. I read a big thing. A guy literally explained the whole scene. And I just wrote down because I wanted to know what the hard deck meant. So I was basically saying it didn't mean anything. It meant he's hitting the ground, too, which means he just pretty much committed suicide, which is stupid. You know, they're using, like, what, artistic license or something like that. And trying to yeah. make a point that yeah. Maverick doesn't abide, play by the rules, you know, like, and stuff like that. Trying to make him his badass being a Maverick, you know. and Yes. But in real life, people that know what probably all that means, just probably like, he's an idiot. Why do you do that? He won. You know, game over. But he he said some other line implying that Jester couldn't see Maverick. He lost sight of him. So it's a safety thing that they terminology use. And he's supposed to reply back with a certain thing saying, either I can see you, so you can continue along your course. We're not we're good. We're not going to collide. Or they respond with something else. I just don't have it written down. Don't feel like looking it up. They respond back with, oh, I don't see you either. So you kind of like. Well, I'm at like, you know, I'm at 10,000 feet and they're like, all right, well, I'm at 12,000 feet. And so they're kind of like, they communicate until they can see each other. So they don't have like, you know, any issues like that. Yeah. So yeah. That's the kind of, that was, okay. it was actually pretty interesting when I was like, reading. I was like, oh, I was like, didn't know all this. You can learn stuff apparently still. <laughs> like right after Goose dies, you got to make sure we cut almost directly to a scene of Tom Cruise and just in his underwear. <laughs> after he's holding him dead, they like immediately cut to him. In his underwear. underwear after they get him out. Like, like you said, a lot of underwear shots, a lot, of, a lot of towel shots. I said, apparently, Maverick is a racist because he can't do shit with a black co-pilot or rear guy. Yeah, <laughs> you know, guy he, they just argue and then like he gets out and then, I mean, what can I say? 
he was kind of a dick. You know, what's his name? Sundown, Sundown, aka Theo from Die Hard, the computer hacker. <laughs> oh yes, he was. Wasn't he in uh, Walker Texas Ranger too? <laughs> yes, is that the yes, same guy? Yes, he was. Yeah, that's right. He is in Die Hard though. Oh, the Top Gun trophy. There is no such thing as a Top Gun trophy in real life. No, it is the United States Navy Strike Fighter Tactics Instructor Program. Doesn't hold a competition. You either pass or you fail. Oh, okay. So I was like, oh, that's good to know. The only other thing I can think of this <laughs> scene wise is there's that scene, uh, he's eating dinner and he just comes over and he's just like, mind if I take a shower? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've never been to this woman's house, you're like, sorry, I was just playing a really homoerotic game of volleyball. My yeah, boy, yeah. what if I get a quick shower, boy? Here, <laughs> you know, you know what I just thought of? Uh, those guys are not covered in sand at all. They are sweaty as humanly possible, but not one grain of sand on any of them. Yeah. If you're playing beach volleyball, you are covered in sand, even if you're not sweating like a monster. You know, they they just had the best sandless sunscreen <laughs> in the history. They're all covered in baby oil and carnauba wax and. Nothing sticks, I guess. Maybe that was that stuff they had on their wrists. <laughs> kept kept it off. Yeah. Let's get to the end here, then. So, as we discussed earlier, there is a remake come not not a remake, a sequel to this movie, and it's a long time in the making. Obviously, as we said, Tony Scott has since passed seven years ago, give or take. But Bruckheimer's in and Tom Cruise is in. It does have some of the confirmed people in the movie include Tom Cruise, Val Kilmer, also John Hamm and Ed Harris, supposedly have signed on. Uh, Jennifer Connelly. I almost added both of those people in my remake. (laughs) Well, (laughs) there you go. And I'm going to steal one from the remake that's actually in this, but I'm not going to bring him up yet. And supposedly Jennifer Connelly is going to be quote, a single mother who runs a local bar near the Navy base. So that's probably going to be who Tom Cruise is plowing. I'm, I'm curious to see what they're going to do with Val Kilmer. I don't know if, if you've seen him in the last few years, he had pretty aggressive throat cancer and it was something that he kept denying, but uh, he can't really speak anymore. He sat like it's very, very hard to understand him. So I don't know what they're going to end up doing with him, but he said he wanted to be in it and Tom Cruise wanted a minute. So he's going to be in the movie, but I have no idea how they're going to even use him. My guess is he has like one scene. I didn't, I didn't know about that. About yeah. That if you, if you look up Tom Cruise throat cancer, I'm sorry, not Tom Cruise, uh, Val Kilmer throat cancer. It's bad. I, he looks pretty I bad. Thought you were gonna, so. I thought you were going to say something about him putting on weight. <laughs> Well, that's he has put on a lot of weight. And then you went real dark on me. (laughs) No, he had a pretty aggressive version of of throat cancer. He went through several rounds of treatments for. But he's like, I saw an interview with him. He was sitting there with his kids. They had to have like subtitles at the bottom to try and understand him and stuff. So I I don't know what they're going to plan on doing with him or how they're going to handle it. Maybe speech therapy or something can help him. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I the more Val Kilmer. I can get the more I'm gonna I'm gonna watch, but I don't I don't know what they're gonna end up doing with him. So let's get into the remake then. How about I'll start with our main characters? 
All right. So for Maverick, I thought about this and I decided to make a slight twist to it. And I'm going to put Michael B. Jordan in there. You need a good looking, charismatic, can really carry the scene guy. And I thought about doing someone like maybe like Skylar Aston, uh, the guy from, because I had to find the right age group. But Michael B. Jordan just kind of fit the mold for me. I'm going to go ahead and disagree with you. I think overall, I'm, I don't like Michael B. Jordan. You're not a fan? Not See, a fan. I'm a big fan. Like everybody, you know everybody what? Talks, you still haven't seen, well, you haven't seen Creed yet. Well, I'm saying, I, and you're right, I haven't seen that. So I, I'm missing that of his acting. Yeah, like, don't don't go off Black Panther. Go, you need to we'll go watch Creed, and then well, it's like, tell, and then the problem is feel different. you'll probably feel different. The other movies that I've seen of him, you know, but I mean, like the thing is, is that like people rave about him in Black Panther, and I'm just I, I don't know why I'm not impressed by him. Like I'm not I'm not impressed by him. I thought Chadwick, the other guy, the guy who played Black Panther, I liked him in it actually. I thought his character, he did a good job with his character. And, yeah, and. I actually owe an apology to Chadwick Boseman because when we did Major League and thought about doing the remake, I discounted Chadwick, Chadwick Boseman because I said he was too old, but I think he would have been the right choice. For what? To play to play Willie Mays Hayes. I think oh, he yeah, can I, do I, whatever I, he wants. He's he's really good. I, and I you even brought him up yeah. and I said, no, 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 he's too old. I think because he played Jackie Robinson in the Jackie in the forty two movie. So. Yeah. But you need to watch Creed and then think of that Michael B. Jordan, not the one from Black Panther as Maverick. So for Goose, I I thought of this actually for Maverick. And then when I saw that he's going to be in the remake, Miles Teller is going to be in Top Gun 2. And he is playing Goose's son who goes to the Top Gun Academy. So it's too good of a fit. It's it's stealing, and I'll admit it's stealing, but he's the perfect guy. I actually considered him, like I said, for Maverick, and then I thought, he's too funny. Goose is really funny. So that's why I put Miles Teller to play Goose. Because then he's going to play Goose. I just found out right before we started, I pulled up the Wikipedia for the, for the Top Gun Maverick movie, and it says... Miles Teller is Bradley Bradshaw, a pilot trainee and the son of Maverick's late partner, Nick Goose Bradshaw. So that's like the whole movie is probably going to be the relationship between Miles Teller and Maverick. I don't know if I stole that from you or not. Well, <laughs> no, no. The I had a backup, though, so it doesn't matter. Okay. Um, but no, but no right. I, I, I actually was the Miles Teller. I don't – I have actually seen the movies uh, that they're – there's the trilogy – um, Divergent trilogy. Yes. Um, yeah. He's pretty good. He's in it. He's he's got some humor, but he plays a cocky asshole in it too. Oh, he plays it he, so he, well. Yeah. But I was, and that's why I was like, he could totally play Maverick. When I was doing the the read, the um, the remake, I kind of went through it. I just did a bunch of characters. I had done a couple, and I would think of a character. And I'm, oh, I think they put them so it was just jotting them down at other spots. Like just yeah. Like putting, and he had he was one that I had because like. I, I picked some people that were a couple years older than these guys, you know, maybe, you know, four or five years older than these guys, too, that I thought could play if you wanted to ch- change it up that way. Because I'm like, I really don't know how old you would be. Like, who's competing for Top Gun? Do you think experienced pilots would be the Top Guns? You know, like. Right. They need to be probably in their. I, I went with people in their early 30s because to get through fighter 
training school is from the time you start till the time you get your wings and really get into flying fighter planes, it's like 10 years. So you got to think, start 18 to 20, finish in your late 20s, early 30s, and to be good enough to go to a school like that, you're going to have to be in your at the, at the youngest, your early 30s. I know Tom Cruise was 24, I think, when he made this movie. He was born in 62. Really? He was born in 62. So, yeah, he was 24. Wow. Well, I was off on that one. Well, that's, what, that's why I was like, I, I would pick some people, and then I was like, I need to knock this back, like, five years. <laughs> like, pick people. Over. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's why I went with those, because I figured to be in it, you need to be in your, your early to mid 30s. So. Well, it wasn't even that. It was that people that I was picking, they look there. They look like our age. You know, they look that age. And I was like, I need someone with like a little bit more of a baby face that could play somebody like maybe under 30 when I saw how old Maverick was. I was like, oh shit, maybe I'm way off on the age here. Yeah, Val Kilmer is only three years older than than uh, him, He's too. Like 27, yeah. Well, excuse me. I guess I'm way off. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so, uh, who did you have for Iceman and for Charlie then? All right, I can give you a couple actually the ideas I got. I can toss out for other guys too. But um, Iceman, I I originally thought of uh, thinking of like cocky people. I was like, definitely could have been like Chris Evans. Sure. I see him pulling that off. You know, any pretty much any of those Chris's. But I was like, <laughs> any any of the Chris's, any of the Chris's yeah. from that movie. But then I thought about uh, Henry Cavill. Okay. Play. I, I think because I don't know if you've ever he plays a bad guy in Fallout. No, um, you were you were saying he, that he's, uh, he's a cocky like asshole too, like thinks he's the shit. And I'm just like, mm-hmm, well, in like, the Justice League movie, he's kind of an asshole because he's crazy when he comes back as Superman. Yeah, he just beats shit out of everybody. I even tossed out like Arnie Hammer. That actually wrote him down too. I, he, like, I, I said he, I was going to suggest him for Iceman. I think he's actually the perfect fit. He's big, uh, imposing, kind of a dick. Well, actually, definitely can be a dick. Can be a little bit funny because he was kind of funny in um, Social Network, and he's actually a really good actor too. The uh, man, was it Man from Uncle? Have you seen that movie? No, I've not it's seen that. Got, it's got Henry Cavill and Arnie Hammer in it. Oh no! Well, yeah, I have seen that yeah. movie. I have seen that They're movie. I'm sorry, I, I, that movie's good. Yeah, I enjoy movie's it. I like it. But but the other guy that I picked, I was like, if, we were, if I was picking someone who looks a little younger, I picked uh, Evan Peters. I don't know if you know who he is. Mm, refresh I can toss, me. Toss you. Um, and, I'll pull him up. And X Men. He's Quicksilver in the X Men movies. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I know he, who that is. Yeah. He's in. He's in Never Back Down, bro. Never saw Never Back Down. Uh, he's in Kick Ass. I see that. Yeah. yeah. No, I I know yeah. it's, um, exactly who you're talking about though. Um, but yeah, so. There's, there's him. I thought maybe could play Goose, who actually had him as. I thought. Yeah, he's he's kind of funny. But like I said, Miles Teller would have been a good Maverick. Yeah. And I actually thought that until I saw that. Well, I thought I um, thought of him as Ice. I wanted someone too, funny. I yeah, he would be a good Ice Man because he's an he'd asshole. Be a good Ice Man too, like either one. But um, for Charlie, depending on who you who you were picking. I hit pick two because I was like, if we're picking someone younger, like if it was like, you know, Miles Teller, then who who's the other guy you picked? Michael B. Jordan, Mike, early thirties. Michael B. Jordan, like this Evan Peters, like you're picking me like that. I was like maybe picking somebody like 
a Natalie Portman or like a Zoe Zoe Saldana like type. Of. I can't stand her. But they're they're I around can't like stand they're, Zoe Saldana. They're like around like the same age. Natalie Portman would be good. She could play smart. Yeah, she actually is smart. She is. Yeah, she's real smart. Um, and then the other, I was like, but if we, if I was going with people like the Chris Evans, Arnie Hammer, I think Natalie Portman looks the same age as them, pretty much. You know, like Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, you need someone like, like a little bit older. So I picked Charlie Charlize Theron. Yeah, she'd be good at it. Cause she she can pull like the she definitely looks she's smoking hot, and she's way hot, of course she's way hotter than the other Charlie. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, she would, she's and she's an awesome actor, so she would totally be awesome at it. And uh, if if you you want any proof, just Google Kelly McGillis today, and you'll find out. But I was just I was just tossed around some other some other names and people in here, and the the bald guy from the beginning, you know, that's like his his boss. Always yeah. yelling, and they talk to him at the end. Uh, I put down Christopher Maloney as Jester. I put down Timothy Oliphant. Timothy Oliphant is tremendous. He could totally pull that look off. I thought he's like a. He's. I was thinking like a Josh Duhamel, but I was like Josh Duhamel. Yeah, he'd, he'd be good. But I think Jester's a little more. But I think they both would. They're both about like the same age and like kind of similar look, pretty much too. Yeah, they yeah, they're pretty interchangeable. It. And then for Viper, who's the the experienced pilot, pilot, you know, that flew with his dad, I wanted someone a little bit older that would look like their father, that would be about the same age as like their father, and I actually went with Harrison Ford, someone who can actually fly a plane. Yeah, that's true. I actually looked at Tom Hardy for Iceman. I'm sorry for um, Viper, but he might not be old enough. I forgot about that part. Yeah, I guess if if if. Because he's probably only in his mid forties. I bet you that he's, and... probably, he's probably about fifty. Who's scary? Hold No, Tom Hardy. Oh, I don't think he's old enough. He looks. He can look old enough, but I don't think he is old enough. Uh, Seventy-seven. Yeah, he's he's way too young. He's only he's like forty years old, probably forty-one. He's not even forty. I think he's. Sorry, he's yeah, he's forty-one, almost yeah. forty-two. Forty-one. All right. Anything else, Mike? Oh, no. All right. Well, our next movie is probably one of the, I'd say one of the five best movies made after 1980. It is the highest rated movie we have in, in, my, in the Matrix I built. And the next one, two, three, four, five movies are going to be five of the best we're going to do, I think. So I'm very excited. Our first war movie, well, our first real war movie is coming next. I'm going to have to uh, take some time because there's, I know exactly what you're talking about, and this movie is freaking awesome. This movie, this might be, this might be a two-parter. It's that good. And it is, it is the, one of the most loaded casts in history. Really looking forward to that one. And it's got a significant date coming forward in about six weeks and that's why we're kind of jumping on it early because it takes me a while to get it edited so uh we'll hopefully have that uh, up by in in a couple weeks but uh really 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 looking forward to doing this one it's gonna be great so uh we'll catch you next time then